Good morning, Patriots. And it is Friday in the 17th day of November. And uh, man, I've had a great few days. I'm sorry for having to shut the show down for a few days, but it took some time to go up into the mountains of Montana to be with our father in such amazing ways and just get completely re-energized and ready for the the fire we're going to bring today and days going forward. So it's really exciting. Patriots, before we get going today, I just want to highlight a couple of things. One of our great sponsors is iTarget Pro. And iTarget Pro is literally the system you need to keep your skills up in this very critical time. iTarget Pro is a laser targeting system that you can use in your house at the comfort of your home. You use a laser bullet. You put the laser bullet into your, into your firearm and you can discharge it safely and then be able to record your score. And then because it's an, tied to an app, you can share those scores with other people even across the country or even across the world. It's also an amazing method to train and teach your family safely in your home, keeping the ammo costs down and range time down to a minimum. And all of that is yours. If you go to iTarget, that's letter iTargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com, use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, you'll get 10% off and free shipping. It's an incredible device, and it's a, obviously it's also a great one to purchase for Christmas right now too. So again, iTargetPro.com itargetpro.com, promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, 10% off and free shipping. So as you know, or at least most people should know, on uh, Sunday this last week, I headed over, actually it was Saturday night, I went to Bozeman, Montana, to in, partake in a hunt for elk, which began officially on Monday. Now, just so we capstone this, no, I didn't get any elk, but I'll tell you what, that was the least of the focus of the trip because the trip ended up being just an incredible meeting up of men who truly walked with the Holy Spirit. We had an incredible experience in horseback riding up in the high mountains of Montana and um, just blessing after blessing. So, so many great things were going on this week and really a reminder of just the power of our Father and all that is, um, is so glorious. Now, here, here's the thing that I found most amazing. I'm just going to tell you some of this journey going out. And one of the big lessons for me was never to say no to our Father. Never say, don't do that. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, most of you know my story. It's episode 64. That back in 2017, while doing a tour across the United States in what was called the American brand, I was literally telling stories about small-town America and how it was getting decimated by the modern economy. And in part of that stay, very critical time frame, I stayed up and around between Ennis and Bozeman, Montana. And in that time, because I was doing this kind of trains, planes, not so much planes, but automobile, bicycle, mountain biking adventure through the country. And I went up to a place in the backside of Bozeman behind the mountains, and it was a place called Ferry Lake. One of the most beautiful hidden lakes up in the mountain I'd ever seen. And I've been in a lot of places and this was just spectacular. You had to climb way up and then you couldn't even see it from anywhere. You had to look down into this almost like crater and there's a lake down in there. And I spent a number of days camping in and out of there a number of times during that stay. So when everything fell apart in 2017 and I got that knock on my door and then I spent 20 days in jail for apparently offending somebody, the... The whole moment there, once I got down to Georgia, reaccepted Christ, got everything going, I told Father I would never go back to Montana. <laughs> well, it's not what his plan was. It was my idea. And so 
I, as we're going out on Monday morning and um, heading that way towards where this property is that Rick, my host, owns, as we're driving out, I'm looking around and I start to realize we're going right to the backside of the mountains of Bozeman. And we're driving along and I start talking to Father. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Because there's a lot of prophetic moments that happened on the way out, including a very powerful presence of him where he, he stood with me and he said, I want you to enjoy this gift of Montana. And of course, I'm thinking elk hunt and a variety of things like that. Well, we end up going out behind the mountain and pretty soon the next thing I know Rick has pulled over and we're driving two vehicles. He pulls over and the first and the place he pulls over to let some traffic by is one of the campgrounds I used to camp at. And the next thing I know we're going over the hill and we pass the entrance to Ferry Lake and I'm literally saying, okay, Father, this is bigger than I realize what's going on. To be honest with you, at this point, I'm really starting to tear up because something very powerful is starting to happen. And I really don't know what to expect, but I know that whatever he's got in store for the next few days is going to be pretty profound. So we went on down and went, took a, past the entrance to Ferry Lake, which I'd mentioned. And see, the thing about Ferry Lake when I was camping up there is it was the one place I had said during that trip, if there was a place on, around that I would want to settle in Montana, it would be up near Ferry Lake. Uh, but also realizing that there was hardly any property up in that area and it wasn't the time. So here we are driving past Ferry Lake and we go down the road a ways, a couple miles or so, maybe maybe as long as that, maybe five, hang a, a left, head back up into the mountains. We drive back up in the mountains about five miles. And as we get to the crest, before we descend down into the area where Rick's property is, I look back and there's the backside of Ferry Lake. Now, this is what's going through my mind. Okay, now what's the probability that I would meet a guy who came to Isaiah 61 to meet me specifically, who just said, I want you to come out to Bozeman. I'm going to bless you with an elk hunt. And then he added, he said, I'm, you're going to have a prophetic vision when you come out. So I'm like, okay, this sounds interesting. Let's do this. And it was all God anyway. So here I am with, on a trip that I, all I know is we're going to Bozeman. I have no idea where else. And I end up looking at the backside of the one place on the globe that I had told our father that, yeah, that'd be a great place to settle down. And and then about four, three weeks later, had told God, like, or four weeks later, I'm never going back to Montana. Moral to the story, never tell God no. Trust me, this is a, this is a big, big deal. So this, is, this was all God's motion this whole last few days. And the things that came about, and by the way, we're going to do the prayer at the end of the show today. I know we normally do it 11 minutes after. Today we're going to do it at the end of the show because I'm just going to kind of run through some stuff for you here. It was never about the elk. It was always about horses. It was about land, and it was about deliverance. So we go through the next, that, that full day, and the guy that's my host is driving me around, and we're going all over the country up there. And it's odd because there, we get into these sort of conversations through the day that be quite frank. I mean, by the end of the day, I'm pretty tired still. I drove 13 and a half hours starting from on Saturday night. I left at nine. I drove 13 and a half hours straight through with a couple st short stops. And then when I got to the the location where we were, where we met up, there was 
Rick plus two other guys, and we sat and talked and had coffee and worshiped and had everything going, Bibles open and, and just talking God and family and men, and we talked for seven hours. So by the time I get to Monday, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like I've got some rest, but I'm still, you know, I'm ready to get going. But there's a limit to how far that can go. So we go all day, and Rick shows me around his property, first off, and it's just amazing, beautiful space. And he has this, this breed of horses called Canadians that are almost extinct that they're trying to bring back. They're amazing, beautiful, big black horses that look like, the males look like small Clydesdales. And they're strong like Clydesdales, but they're great in the mountains, and they're just a fabulous horse. So kind of gets me introduced to the horses. Now, I haven't ridden since 1999. just want to be clear about that. And so we spend the rest of the day driving around in the area, go on down to uh, the hunter's camp. We come back up, and there's just a lot of small talk chatter going on, and we didn't get any hunting done on, May, on day one. And I'm like, okay, like what's this? What's going on? So we, we get back to his cabin area. Rick goes in to make some dinner, and I start praying. I'm like, all right, Lord, what am I missing here? Because you know, I'm coming out thinking elk hunt, and we just spent the whole day doing a tour out here, which I don't mind, but something I'm missing. And God says, I need you to listen to what he says. So I'm like, okay. So I go inside and we sit down to have some dinner. And I say, Rick, I just need you to listen to me a little bit. And I start walking through the, the whole process of my, my journey out, the prophetic vision of the Lord coming to me and telling me this was a gift, a number of other events that happened along the way, the event of passing the campground in Ferry Lake. And I say, okay, something, I'm just not getting what the connection is here because I know that this is going to be a very powerful next couple of days and the Lord's got something planned. And suddenly this, the whole conversation changes to Rick's family and a lot of details just coming out, like massively coming out. And I, I start speaking in prayer language and I'm, I'm in tongues and I'm talking and I'm like, Lord, what am I missing? What am I missing? Holy Spirit says, ask about his mother. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I asked about his mother, and it is the mother load. And I am not kidding you. What happens in the next hour is unbelievable. Everything that had been happening through the day was the beginnings of what was probably one of the most amazing deliverance activities I've been involved in. And all of this was to set Rick free. He's a strong Christian, but tremendous burdens from his past. Rough, rough family, lots of dark influences around him. And I ask about this, and he starts to unload about some very personal issues. And all of a sudden, he manifests, and I am not exaggerating when I tell you, I've, this is a small cabin, okay? I'm talking like three feet across from distance between myself and Rick. And he completely manifests. And when I say manifests, like something you... People don't even believe unless you've seen it. I'm talking everything changes. And this demon thing, whatever it was, like literally comes out and just completely transforms him, starts hissing at me, spitting at me. And I have this moment going, wow, this is going to get a little interesting. And I, I had a smirk on my face. And this thing got mad. And I'm thinking, well, this might be an interesting little fight here today. And... It was amazing. I'm just telling you right now. just have to say that. And so I work through it. I start rebuking it. 
finally Rick's able to kind of pull back. He's, and when something like this happens, it overtakes the body and it overtakes the mind. I can see Rick in there, but he's like way in the shadows. And his thing starts going crazy. And it's it's like even the hands transformed. Like I, I can't even describe this the right way, but it's like the fingers got longer and the face distorted. It looked like, I don't know, like kind of like a goblin thing. I mean, it's the only way I can say it. And it was, it hated me. That's all I can tell you. This thing hated me, hated me, hated me. Spitting at me, growling at me. It's just evil. And so he rebuked it, rebuked it. And Rick came around and he starts rebuking it himself now. And that's when the real power kicks in because that's when he starts declaring Jesus. And bam, this thing, it breaks. It, it had so much impact on this man. I mean, it literally, he was unable the previous week to even get on a horse. By the next morning, all of his pains in his knees were gone and he was riding a horse leading me up the mountain by, by Tuesday morning. Yeah, Tuesday morning. So we had, right before me, we had amazing deliverance and miracle healing right there. And that's when I suddenly realized that this trip had literally nothing to do with elk. This had to do with, and literally God said this to me. It was really funny. He says, so how'd you enjoy the hunt? And I start laughing. I'm like, literally, Father, I said, you sent me to Montana to go hunt demons? Like, I'll do that any day. You know that. That's my love. So this is just an amazing testimony on so many levels. This is a man, as I got to know him, deep in, he's been deep in the prophetic. He's been deep in deliverance. And just over the years, many events have happened that things, and especially with the childhood trauma that he'd been through, that there's a demonic element that just kind of wore him down. And so we end up the next day going up into the mountains on horseback. Now, here's round two of the, of the amazing miracles. I have not ridden, like I said, since 1999. So Tuesday morning, we get up at 4.30. We head down to the, the camp. We get the horses all set up, set the stirrups for me, get the guns on the horses, and we start up the mountain. And it's a high mountain. I think we we probably went up on horses. We probably went up 5,000, maybe even 6,000 feet. We, we climbed that high. It was a tremendous amount of climbing on the horses. And so as we're making the ride up there, and some of you may not know, is my grandfather was a very well-known bronc rider in Montana. And he lived on a horse a good part of his life. So as I'm going, we're going up the mountain, starting on the switchbacks. I start praying in the Holy Spirit. I just said, Holy Spirit, I just ask for the blessings of the knowledge and wisdom that my grandfather had as a horseman to be given to me. So we get on up the top, and Rick's showing me how to ride, and, and it's everything starts to feel real natural. So we get up to the top, and there'll be a picture that Nikki will post of me on top of the mountain, on one level of the mountain. And he gets off his horse, he says, give me your camera. He takes this picture. And it's a picture of me on the horse. He goes, he tells me later, he said, dude, I, I don't know. He said, that wasn't you. That was like Holy Spirit I was looking at. And what's interesting is I sent this picture over to my dad. And I called them on when I got back last night. And my mom was like, I'm just looking at your father. And he said, he's just mesmerized by this photo. And I said, well, dad, what do you see? He goes, son, he goes, I'm looking at my dad and your great granddad. So your granddad and my dad, my and my granddad. So your your grandpa and my my and your great granddad in this picture. He says this is what they looked like when they rode in Montana. Well, this story gets even a little more interesting 
And I, I say this because it's a reflection of what God will provide in a time when we ask and we need. Again, I have not ridden since 1999. We go up a side of a mountain, and Rick tells me later, he's praying, and he says, the Holy Spirit tells me, take Scott this way. And we go on one of the hardest rides. It's like, this would be like master level riding. I'm not exaggerating. It's what he called Western. We went way off trail. We started going up through the trees and up steep, steep mountainsides. This is like fast switchback riding in between trees, underneath limbs. This is stuff you see in the movies. We were doing it. And the most amazing thing is I was completely connected with the horse. It's like I'd sat on that horse for years and the horse knew me and I knew it. And it was the most incredible experience to go through, to really witness the bonding of the horse and the man. And this, is, this gets to the root of who men are supposed to be anyway. So we get up to the first level, we take a rest, and then we go to the next level. And the next level is even harder. We're like going up the side of shale mountains doing switchbacks. And this horse and I are riding as one. And it shows because the horse now has the confidence in me. I have the confidence in it, and we're talking back and forth. And the horse is listening to me, and then the horse is leading, and I'm listening to it. We get through with this thing. And I'm just going to give you my words because this is just in honor of, of the blessings that I received from the Holy Spirit of my grandfather's wisdom and knowledge of his riding. Rick tells me later, he goes, I have never seen anybody go from zero to what you just did. He said, and the only way to explain that is the Holy Spirit who gave you the blessings of your grandfather. So again, a, a fantastic and incredible reminder of our saying yes to God and being obedient to him and then asking what we need, because these are such powerful things. This is this is a time right now when we have the blessings pouring down upon us from heaven. The question is, is your heart ready to receive? Are you willing to step into the yes? And are you willing to accept those gifts that are given to you without hesitation or doubt? We tend to do this. We'll be like, oh, you can't do that. You can't, you can't pray to have some knowledge from God. That's not going to work. That's spell casting yourself into death. That's literally speaking death over yourself. We, we live in the, in the world, world of life. And we have to speak life into all things. And as we do, we defeat the enemies and we rise up in kingdom in the mightiness of what was, is provided. And literally, as God said, he will provide all. We will, everything we need, even things like skills on how to ride a horse. But I don't think we have enough in us to believe. And it is, I don't think we have enough in us to believe truly the power of that anointing and that prayer and that belief. And so, Really what this trip ends up being about more than anything for me is about living in the yes. So before we pray, I just want to dig into that a little bit and then we're going to pray it out. Living in the yes. We have a real tendency of saying we'll live in the yes, but then find all the reasons we can't. We say yes and then we say no. When we say yes to God, it's yes in all things. And what God reminded me of this time is even when I said I would never go back to Montana, that's not mine to determine. That was his, not mine. So speaking and living in the yes is accepting not only the yes that he gives, but where he leads you. And sometimes you're going to end up in a place like Montana in a, on a 200-acre section of land that sits, on the back, sits in view of one of the places that you thought you'd never go back to. It's that sort of obedience. And as we live in that obedience, we literally walk where he needs us to walk because what he's seeking in us is our heart. It's all he is asking for. He's asking for your heart to say yes to him. Nothing more. Everything else he'll take care of. 
When we struggle with money and finances, what do we usually do? We go to the bank or the balance sheet first. We don't go to the Father and say, what do you need me to do? How do we do this? Everything we do is through him in the total and 100% obedience. Those days up there, there's no cell phone coverage for literally 20 miles. And I'm not exaggerating. You can't get anything but a satellite phone. And I didn't even bother to bring mine out on the trail. I had it back at the camp. But that wasn't even an inclination. It's, and it's pretty interesting because a cell phone becomes a dead brick that just sits there on the table, except for a very expensive camera. But when you live in that space and you start to walk in there, we're, we're starting to walk in a place when we open ourselves up that starts to receive regularly the prophetic, the apostolic. We receive the anointings to, to heal. We receive the anointings to deliver. And all of those are the basics of what Jesus asked us to walk in. And all we're doing then is just bringing them into the earth. So when we're out there, at one point, I pray for Rick. Just pray for him. And that was on Monday. Part of his pain in his knee goes away. On Tuesday, he, we go back to the base camp, and the guy that runs the outfitter looks at Rick, and he goes, what happened to you? He says, you've completely changed. You're back. This is the sort of power we're talking about in spiritual healing, deliverance, and inner healing. And when we obey and we do it, it doesn't take a magic formula. It takes us being obedient to him to literally speak life into people, to speak life into our world and watch this demonic world get crushed and totally thrown out. And that's our main role here is to completely believe in the power of what God gave us. So the word for the day really is walk in the yes. Be obedient to him and all things and 100%. Don't hesitate. And when he says go, run. And when he says walk, walk fast and see if he'll let you walk faster. But be obedient. Because in these things, we learn the true giftings that are available and there's no limit to the power of what he will provide for us. As we learn to master these gifts, we are literally stepping into our inheritance, which are the priests and the princes of this world. We are the stewards. And when you see it at that angle, there's nothing out here that can affect you. There's no demonic. There's nothing that can come at you because you've stepped out into that walk with Jesus. And you're now literally no longer of this world, but walking alongside this world to bring people back to heaven. Let's pray. Father God, we are blessed in this moment just to come together again after a few days and to bring this fellowship back in union and an alliance and the humbleness of your throne. Father, the stories that I'm able to share, I just pray today that these stories will touch with, with the power of your voice, not mine, and with the power of your love, not mine, that people can truly feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and the anointings that I was able to experience. I'm just praying now, Father, that that will pour down, pour down with all the hearts that are open to receive that which they, do, they need in this hour the tools and the weaponry of this warfare. This is not a warfare of swords of steel. This is a warfare of the sword of the spirit. And there is, we have the tools to wage war and destroy whole fortresses of the enemy. So for, Father, my prayer today is to have people's heart opened up to receive these new tools and with it the knowledge of where to begin and how to use them. This knowledge has been shown that it is all available. All we have to do is reach and ask and open our hearts to receive, to strip our hearts from doubt, to take away any fear, to take away any anger, any, any sort of hatred, 
to take away anything other than love and forgiveness in our heart. And we step into that world, loving and forgiving, being patient with you because remembering that your time is not our time, and yet being amazed at how fast your time can move. Let us be humbled, Father. Let us be humbled in this hour in such an incredible time that we are literally here in this time for just such a time as this. This is the power and glory of the hour of our King, of kingdom, and of you, Father. So, Father, we have a role here, an important one, one that doesn't stop, a fight that's mighty, an enemy that never sleeps. And unfortunately, our enemy gets into us and corrupts our hearts and puts those in fear and makes us doubt in you. Yet, Father, when we step out and we realize the mightiness of who you are, we realize how petty this enemy is. We understand that how the spell casting and the wearing down can make us believe that we're lesser than an enemy. And yet we forget that we are the sons and daughters of the Most High. So, Father, let that be a blessing today, a reminder that we are truly the children of you, the children of the Most High. We are anointed to walk on this earth. We're not unworthy. Those are spell casting people to death. And we rebuke all of that. And we rebuke the spell cast that says we are anything other than what you made us to be. So, Father, I pray in today, I breathe life and pray life into all that listen. A mightiness of the heart that will rise, that men themselves will start to awaken from the slumber, to start to step into their anointings of being men, to be back on horses, to start feeling that connection between the man and the beast, to start rising up to climb the mountains, to be mighty in the face of an enemy that seeks to slaughter and slay children, to be the protectors of the family, to be the, the voice and the spokesman of the community, and to be the mighty men who carry the sword of steel and spirit to defend the children. This is the hour. And so, Father, I pray this blessing, and I pray this blessing for the wives and the women who nurture and protect to raise up their husbands, to encourage them, and that their voices be heard in their hearts as if you were speaking through them, to awaken the mightiness of the men and to raise that up with a strong wife alongside. Let this be the hour, Father, that the families now begin to reroot and the seeds begin to regrow and the fruit of the vine gets to be greater and greater than we ever imagined. Let it truly be a moment where kingdom begins to truly expand, not just occupy, with the fruits of the love of the relationships that we have and the marriages and the families that once again stand strong in this, in this hour. Let the men fill the gap and stand in the gap and stand before this enemy and tell him no more and do so with the confidence and the mightiness of the love of kingdom. This has never been a war about hatred. It's always been a war between the spirit of life and the spirit of death. So, Father, we pray and I pray life over everyone that listens here. Life, the mightiness of life within the heart, the mightiness of life in the healing of the heart, and the mightiness of life in the reunification and reestablishment of the family, the very root of all things that are kingdom. Bless us in this hour, Father. Guide us and lead us in such amazing ways. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots. This is truly an amazing time. And if anything I left with over this last few days, it was the understanding of the depth, the power, and the glory of our Father. 
There is nothing to fear. There is a mighty battle on the horizon. And most of it will occur in the realms of the spirit. But you want to be part of it, not on the sideline. This is the calling of all of us to step in, to lean in mightily, and to raise up the weapons that we are given to wage war in the spirit and to wage war ruthlessly against an enemy who seeks to destroy and to pillage and to kill. But that doesn't happen when you stand in that gap and you speak with the power of love in which God gives us in the heart. And love is mightier than any sword you could ever forge. It's the part of, of the voice of God that crushes any enemy and brings him to his knees. It's the presence as Jesus is shown to walk before people and find them humbling and weeping on the ground. This is the mightiness of kingdom. And the choice now everyone has to make is whom shall you serve? Will you serve the master of death? Or will you serve the master and creator of life? And it's that and there where I walk. So join me. Let's go. Because we've got a lot to do. And it's going to be an amazing and gloriful next few months as we begin to build those solid foundations for the rebuilding of the church and to awakening this great nation. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you this evening with Pastor Devin East. It's going to be a fantastic interview. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you all will be there. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space.
We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 